It's happy hour from Uptown New Orleans at the fabulous Collins Hotel at 3811 St. Charles Avenue. Hi, I'm Grant Morris. On the piano is Mitch Foreman, and my special guests today are two other people who have shows called Happy Hour and the happiest man in New Orleans, Fred LeBlanc from Cowboy Mouth. <laughs> Hello, Fred. Hey, Grant. How are you, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Chonchal Gupta also has a show called Happy Hour. Really? Yes. Can you believe it? That's I'm what... Happy Hour. It's a very, very happy hour today, and to make it the happiest hour of all, yeah. we're also having as our special guest Heidi Haynes, who has a show called Happy, happy hour. hour. But you know what? She's what? so happy that she's not even here. She's here in spirit. She's here. She's, I she'll hope be she here. is. She'll, yeah. be she'll be here. She's allegedly showing up at some point, so we'll just keep talking until she gets here, and that will eventually then make it officially the happiest hour ever. You know what we I could mention? do? We could, we could embarrass her by asking her questions that go unanswered. We're just, we're just talking <laughs> as if she's here. Yeah, exactly. Say, so what do you so think, what do you of think that, Heidi? Okay. Yeah, no, there's nothing there. <laughs> Are you sending a message? So this is Mitch Cry on the controls, who's already forgotten the whole plan. That's all right. He's <laughs> of having an organized happy hour. introduction to the show. It's all formal. It's a few apart. drinks in at the Collins Bar. It's happy okay. hour. We had such a great plan that Mitch Foreman was going to. Was we had this whole Wait. system. Here he goes now. That's, that's a nice ending. That's I love really that. Hey, smooth. Mitch. Like thank that. you very nice much, job, Mitch. I'm very well. How you doing? We're good. We're good. Now we are. We're, we're, we're unfortunately just the guys here today because Heidi has decided not to show up for some reason or other. That's right. So we usually start each show with asking Mitch how the record's going. So how's the record going? Uh, which record? The fusion record? Or the, ja- the, the German fusion Mitch? record, and then the sing along with Mitch record. We need to keep up with uh, those. Fusion record with is, is has been a, a little bit of uh, put on the back burner for the last week. Which one has? The fusion. The German fusion. German record. fusion's on the back burner, but sing along with Mitch is rolling sing along. Sing along now. with Mitch, front burner, and and really, it's got to be finished in the next two days. So. Can't take it any longer. Okay, very good. Well, we look it. forward to hearing. But we should play, we should post a clip or two of that on our site. We will. Right? We will. I'll put it. I'll put it on your website shortly. Okay. So, Choncho, you've got a um, you've got a show called Happy Hour, which right. is which is nothing to it does. It's called Happy Hour, <laughs> which is nothing to do with with happiness. Oh, it's all to do with happiness. <laughs> is it? Make, making money is all about happiness, It's right? all about money. They say that you're, money leads to happiness. You're the CEO of a, of a lending company called Rebirth Financial, right. which specializes in microloans, right? Right. We connect small business borrowers directly with individual and institutional lenders. So oh, if have you're you a small ever, business and you money... Have you ever said that before? I've said it many times, it as you can tell. It just sounded like it was as the first you time tell. you ever said it. <laughs> So, so you connect small businesses with small business with lenders. Right. So if you're a lender, you're going to be happy, hence the happy hour. And if you're a borrower, you're going to be happy because you're getting money, yeah. hence okay. the happy hour. That's great. And I'll tell you what also might make you happier is now it finally is the happiest hour of all time because here is the fabulous hey. Heidi Hayes. Hey. Heidi, come on. Howdy, Heidi. How are you? Making an entrance. Yeah, very good. Come and sit on down. She's smooth like that. <laughs> very good. Now, Heidi, here's your headphones. Thank you. You're wearing a hat as yes. well. Yes, it has to go Wow, look hat. at that lipstick and everything. Uh, okay, we have ones that go on the back if you want those other ones. Yeah. Okay, Mitch, can we... Mitch will hook Fetch those up those for Mitch. you. Mitch will hook you up with those <laughs> for a minute. All Heidi. This is good. This is good. You're vi- okay with it? should have been video with Heidi here. Oh, we know. Uh, we really. Yeah, you can't look at that sparkly, red sparkly lipstick. Heidi, this is Choncho. Nice to meet you, Heidi. Gupta. What is that? Chanchal. Chanchal Gupta. Chanchal. Yeah, you got it. Perfect. Chanchal is the CEO of Rebirth Financial, and Fred LeBlanc Howdy. is the front nice man for you. a band called Cowboy Mouth, who you might have heard of. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, used yeah. to see you when your you hair were... would not be there to hold the sweat on. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, how so, are you doing, Heidi? I'm good. good. Now, Heidi, you've got a show called Happy Hour as well. Yes. Which is why we decided to do this, because we wanted to have the three happiest people in New Orleans. Wow. And, and three people with shows called Happy Hour. And I see I s- just a complete, and also Mitch is here, who you didn't meet on piano. Hi, Heidi. Did he's you hear him? He's in Did the cloud. It's another Mitch. There are two Mitches. There are two Mitches, oh, not this Mitch. one, yes. Mitch in the clouds? There's Mitch yes. in the clouds with yes. the piano. Yes, Mitch in the clouds. Hey. Hi. So now you It kind of had me going when I first was like, <laughs> wait, Mitch. Wait, it's wait, scary, wait. isn't it? Yeah. So, Heidi, tell us. Chancho was telling us that he's got a show called Happy Hour, which he claims is about happiness because it's about money and money makes you happy. Oh, good Lord. Money does not make you happy. What Money's all you need. <laughs> Forget about love. Yep. Money comes after you get happy. After you get happy? Yeah. But you need the money to get no, happy. No, you don't need anything but breath and water. And food. Mm-mm. You don't even need food. You, your body can survive a long time on just breath and water. So you can have a good two weeks of happiness before you get started. <laughs> <laughs> if you get happy and you're, you've got nothing but breath and water, you're going to have money coming your way. If you get very, very happy, people are going to want to give you money to make you happy. Well, I'm still poor, so I must, uh, I must be doing something wrong in that equation. Yeah, you need to... What, it, what are those things called? The things that attract you to water? Divining rod. Divining rods, right. You need to, like, or you could get a Geiger counter, one of those things, if you walk around on the <laughs> no, beach. No, a piece of wood that's cut in a Y. That's a divining rod, yeah. You you don't, it tells you where yeah. the well is. Chernobyl's not a very happy place right now, is it? You need a divining <laughs> so, rod for happiness, not money. Do you have a lot of money, No. Heidi? No. And, and how happy are you on very. a scale of 1 to 10? 10. Really? Yeah. So, and Chancho, how happy, how happy are you on a scale of 1 to 10? I'm very happy. But 10? I'm a 10. I'm You're a 10? 10. And, and you got tons of money or you don't have any money? Uh, you know what? Um, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm changing my mind now. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, I think, I think it's important to have uh, some type of money. I think that you do need to have uh, some type of income, and you want to be able to to get the things that you need that your family needs. But obviously, you know, it's a joke when I'm saying that money is happiness. But you know, I think it's pretty close. Well, I think that's a large part of the problem today that people think they equate happiness with money. And it, it really has nothing to do with happiness. I don't think wealth is a bad word, let me put it that way. No, no wealth no, is one, not. but wealth is a lot more than having lots of money. But as you see a lot of media these days, what it does is it, it basically drives people to want things that they normally wouldn't want or need. And so the, you know, the mind is conditioned to want and need these things that are unnecessary. And a lot of times that are actually the antithesis of happiness and self-satisfaction. You know, it's, a lot of it's just... Putting it out there that just saying, oh, you're not good enough for this, or you don't have this, or you, you're not good enough for that. And it breeds uh, a sense of dissatisfaction inside of your soul. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I was, I was kind of making a joke. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. but I think, well, I think now in, you the, have to go in back the long on term, the whole thing. I'm not going back on it. I'm just saying, you know, let's take music, for example, right? You're a musician. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that every musician that's, that's playing on Frenchman Street doesn't do it for free. I mean, I'm, I know a lot of them do do it for free, but I'm, they're mm-hmm. striving to make money. Yeah. They're striving to eat and to, yeah, to feed their families. So there's got to be that utility there of being able to, to achieve something. And in America, that achievement, you know, oftentimes is money. It, or at least it's measured monetary. It's measured but monetary. This, is a, good, but at the this same, is a good day to have this conversation because yeah. as we sit here, the stock market has crashed 300 and how many points? 400. 400. 500. 500. 500. 500. 500. 500. 500. 500. 500. 500. 500. 500. 500. 500. 500. 500. 500. 500. 500. 500. 500. 500. 500. 500. 500. 500. 500. 500. 500. 500.
and it has been going down. This is like the tenth day consecutively that it's yep. gone down. Well, it ended so, up well, yesterday. Market, the stock market's just a big. It ended pitch. twenty points up yesterday. Did it? Yes. So okay, well, okay, well, it's but all the gains for the year are wiped out. Yeah, the stock market's so, just a, a glorified casino. Anyway, it is that's really just all it is. It is. That's, that's absolutely is. why you need to invest local. You know, Rebirth Financial. That's exactly what our company does: is allow people mm-hmm. like you and me to instead of invest in Procter and Gamble and invest on Wall Street to help and support those local businesses in your backyard. So instead mm-hmm. of giving your money to uh, you know, P&G, we can allow you to invest in a company like the Columns Hotel. If they need a loan, yeah. you can get onto the site and lend directly to, uh, to Columns Hotel. That's what our that's members cool. are doing now. So, is that, so that's your slogan is why invest on Wall Street when you can invest on Main Street. Absolutely. Which is a great slogan. Yeah. But do people make money that way? If I invested in the Columns Hotel, could I make as much as if I invested in... Microsoft or well, know, we're not Apple. losing money, like you said, right? I mean, we just we just talked about how how bad the stock market's tanking. And on average, our lenders our lenders are uh, seeing about a ten percent uh, return on investment. So you know, that, for me, I think that's huge. That is huge, isn't it? Ten percent. Ten percent is great. Yeah, but uh, you know, there's a there's a uh, thing. I'm I don't normally watch Oprah or anything like that. Yeah, that's there was something that's I saw recently. But there was something I saw on there recently. There's this movie director by the name of Tom Shadyac. He directed a lot of Jim Carrey movies. Like he did the Ace Ventura right. movies and he did Liar Liar. And, you know, he, he had like tens of millions of dollars, mansions everywhere like that. And he got to a point in his life where he said, you know, this is, you know, it's not, I don't own these possessions. These possessions own me. So he got rid of a large amount of his stuff. I mean, he didn't get rid of everything, but he lives in a trailer. It's a nice trailer. But, you know, he kept just enough to kind of keep himself going and, and enough to, you know, make himself feel secure. But what did he as far as the ostentatious stuff, he gave it away. He gave it away. He gave it away. But, I mean, you know, I'm sure he's not, he's not living the life of a pauper or anything right, like that. Right, he's not but, wandering around But it's like he field. has more than enough. You know, he's like, I, have, I keep enough to make myself feel good. I have enough in savings. But I didn't need tens, hundreds right. of millions of dollars. I didn't need giant houses. You I'm still see, able to work. You and, can see why that story yeah. gets in the newspaper and on TV there, right? Yeah, who's doing that? Except for Heidi. I don't know. You know, I've the, a lot of the a lot of the wealthy people I've known have been some of the most miserable people I've known. <laughs> I is that I really? Is that right? Really? They're the worst tippers, right? Well, oh, yeah, terrible. <laughs> what is the what is that correlation between being super wealthy and being unhappy? It's hard to imagine how you could be so unhappy. Well, I mean, I think it's a generalization, but I think at the same time, you know, in some people, when you're put in that position, other people a try tend to start treating you differently. They tend to treat you you know, monetarily as right. opposed to on a human level. And number two, I think, you know, for some people, once you have that sense of quote-unquote security, which is, you know, bullshit, but, you know, once you have that, then it's like, you know, the fear comes in, oh, my God, I could lose this, and then I'll, you know, yada, 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 dot, 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 you know, fill in the blank. So, so I think there becomes that. Sure. I think having it tends to kind of breed that insecurity inside it for some people not everybody well, it's you, a generality that's you, a generality you have a pretty good uh, pretty good setup your place where you make it you make it you make quite a, i mean you know a good living as a musician i don't make you're anywhere not, near you're not what like super think. wealthy though. no i don't make anywhere near what people think i make oh, but do, pe- do people think you're like a big rock star you know he's a big rock star you know no, but do people think you're like a super wealthy rock star like I, I was i was at the uh, no no god no like but i mean around here i was at the laundromat about <laughs> Three months ago, right? Picking up some clothes that I'd gotten washed or picking up some, you know, a suit jacket and stuff. Some guy comes in. He's like, big fan. Hey, man, love your music. It's like, oh, great. Thank you very much. You know, I appreciate it. Thanks for giving me a job. You know, that's right. what I always say. And he goes, so what are you doing here? It's like, oh, you know, picking up my laundry. It's like, uh, really? It's like, yeah, picking up my laundry. It's like, 
you don't have people that do that for you? I'm like, <laughs> no, I don't. I drive like the typical artist car, the little beige Toyota Corolla, you know, but it's paid off. Those yeah. last. Those they're, last. They're tough little cars. I can, yeah. It made it through Katrina. It wow. made it through Katrina. And still going. But yeah. you're happy doing what you're doing. That's I, the key to the whole thing. I That's did where it. Heidi I did it where I'm, when I made no money for a long time, and now I'm, you know, I do okay. I'm not, I make enough to pay my bills, and I don't live an ostentatious life. Right. At all. Right. But, you know, I just don't need the hassle. Would I like to have all that money? Sure, of course I would. But at the same time, it's never presented itself to me, and I don't really worry about it. What's yeah. the point? You know? There but was you, a time when I did worry about yeah. it, and all it did was make things worse. So I said, eh, it did. stop worrying it, about it. It was, it was making you feel worse yeah. when you were stressed out about me. Yeah, so just so give it up. Give it up. Heidi, did you ever come, how did you come to this position where, you're, where you don't care about anything except breathing <laughs> and laughing? Uh, she does have a smart water. And lipstick. Let's say that. <laughs> but it's tap water. Okay, there we go. Recycle. Uh, you, pulled the, you, took, you drank the water and filled it up with tap water? Yeah. I, I bought it because I needed a water bottle on my treadmill. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So how did, you, how, did you get, how did you get to this point where you realized that you don't need anything except love and happiness? Well, after Katrina, I got involved with laughter yoga. And because I, I, I decided to get a certification and come back to New Orleans and teach laughter yoga because I learned the benefits of, of laughter to the body. And during that time, I also noticed that you just start feeling a lot better when you're laughing more. And that is the secret to life is to La- feel better. So laughter, you know, if you laughter get to, yoga. Yeah, sorry, go on. If you, if you have something daunting ahead of you, it's... If you want to meditate, that's a good thing. That's a good place to start because that moves you back into closer to who you are, deep inside yourself. I'm trying to yourself. get away from who I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, so who you really, really yeah. are is an extraordinary person. All right? We all you mean we have, all, we all, yes. we're all extraordinary. Right. And the more you meditate, the, more, the quieter you get, the more deeply you get into that. So you can meditate. You can do laughter yoga, 20 minutes so laughing. Let's just stop you for just one start second. to feel good. Laughter yoga is... People sitting around, instead of doing bending themselves into a pretzel, they're laughing? They're laughing. That's it. So why well, is that? That's not really yoga then, is it? Well, it's yoga because the, the, the basic beginning root of the word yoga means breathing together. So okay. it depends on what kind of yoga you're doing. And in this case, you're doing hasya yoga, which is the, the, word, the Sanskrit word for laughter. So oh. you're doing laughter so, yoga, breathing so, together, laughing. So is the concept that when you... When you feel good, you laugh, and you so, laugh if, to and so feel they good. laugh, and so you're tricking your brain into thinking that you're happy well, because you're yes. laughing. Well, the brain doesn't know the difference, so there are all these medical benefits that come from laughing. You just take a deep breath and let it out in laughter. You're releasing cortisol. Your body doesn't know that it's not real laughter. Your body gets faked out. You can start just fake laughing. Eventually, it's going to turn into genuine laughter. But it releases cortisol, which is the stress hormone. It introduces endorphins to your body, which help you to feel good, serotonin, and it strengthens your arteries. It strengthens your abdominal muscles, and it laughing, relaxes you. Laughing strengthens good. your abdominal muscles. Yes. So is it of a, course is it, it does. Let's try it. Fred. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You know, you know she's, she's right about that. She's right about that, though. I read somewhere recently where, like, they did studies where they, where they forced – uh, a group of people to smile who were like they just <laughs> oh, forced them to smile for, for they forced them to yeah. smile for 15 minutes and then after 15, you know and it's like you know the mood just kind of takes you over the right. kind of right. fake so it till you true. make it and like when I play shows you know yeah. 
a lot of people assume that, like, okay, it's real easy. It's not. It's very difficult what I do. It requires a lot of patience, practice, and control. And there are moments, you know, when, like, you know, some stagehand hasn't done his job or some local crew or, you know, or my monitor's feedback. I'm not, I'm not able to do what I do at the best of my ability. And when I was younger, I used to get stressed out about it. It used to, like, really bump, really, right. really affect me because right. I wasn't able to put across. And especially if you're in front of, like, 20,000, 30,000 people, and somebody screws up and it affects the way you're performing, that's a very stressful thing on the mind, you mm-hmm. know? But it got to a point where in my life I just realized, okay, well, whenever I'm faced with situations like that, I train myself to just smile and smile big. And just, <laughs> yeah. and it just, so it's the same it really kind of makes whatever's bothering, bothering me melt away, right. melt away. And the truth of the matter is, it's all going to work out anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it all works out. I think out. that's part yeah. of sort of getting older, unfortunately. Yeah. Is that you kind of figure out that it doesn't... I'll take it. It's not worth it. I'll take it. Hey, what about playing something for us while we've got... Well, the, I mean, okay. If you while want. we're here, why not? Well, well he's getting his guitar. i got a question for you, Heidi. When yeah. I walk into the bar and all the girls start laughing at me, that's a good thing then? <laughs> laugh with them. <laughs> laugh with them. Okay, no, well, that's, a good, that's the question of the day. You've got to learn to laugh yeah. at yourself, man. That's if you right. can't that's right. laugh at yourself, then... You take anyone... Anyone who laughs at you, you take their power away... They are, if you're laughing with them, then they have nothing to laugh at I anymore. usually just end up crying and sitting in the corner by myself. No, so. no, no, no. You know, the no, truth no. of the matter, my wife's very, uh, she's very cerebral. And, you know, she'll get, you know, she's a, a physician. And she'll get into moments where she's very concerned about how people perceive what she does and everything like that. And can I say, are we mm-hmm. more on the internet? You can right? say anything. I'd be like, you know, does it really matter what people think of you? And he's like, well, you know, I'm kind of worried they might think this or might think that. You know, I go, honey, fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them. What people think <laughs> of you is none of your you. business. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, exactly. exactly. You know what? Right. I, I always think no one's looking at me, really. You know? Don't you think that? You think everyone's looking at you. and they're, Well, they're probably looking at you because you're famous, Fred. Well, but, but the rest you of us, know, the thing no, about one's it looking is, at, no one's looking at me. But the thing, thing about it is, you know, everybody... Everybody, everybody on some level is afraid. And all the thoughts that everybody has are just like, oh, my God, people will think this about me or that about me. Everybody has those thoughts. And once you realize that, you can relax. Yeah, it's not that's really exactly what I think. Would you like a drink, by the way, Karina? Yes, a Sazerac. Sure. <laughs> Very good. Chancho, like I'm good. I'm good with my Fred? Thank you. Uh, Same again. would be great. But don't you think, though, don't you think, just to make this point for one second, that most people don't really care about anybody else except themselves? They're not oh, yeah. really looking at you, judging you. I, it's they're not for judging, me to say what other people themselves. are thinking. That's what I mean. They're not thinking about you. They don't, people are very uptight true. about what people think what, of them. But what anyone else thinks about, about you is none of your business. Yeah. So don't worry about That's it. That's what I say. It's not your business. Yeah. So that, it's, of, it's their issues. Yeah. 98% of the time, whatever somebody says about you or says to you says more about them than it will ever say. Yeah. Well, Heidi, exactly. has, this, has this been applied in the business world at all? Has this uh, come into marketing That's campaigns? Have you here. ever seen that? <laughs> yeah? Is let's that what talk, you do? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the relationship between business and happiness in just a moment. First of all, the world's most saying? fabulous singer, Fred LeBlanc. I'll take that. What you gonna do with the restlessness inside your worried mind? How you think you ever gonna get ahead when you feel so far behind? Step inside this endless moment for a subtle touch of grace. I've always found my strength inside the act of faith. I believe in the spirit of rock and roll, in the eternal strength of the immortal soul. Cause sometimes everybody's gotta let it go. I believe in the power of love. I believe in the sound of Sam and Dave. 
that doesn't care Everybody around is so much bigger They don't even know he's there But one day he's gonna grow to be a man And maybe then they'll see He'll provide the hope and care for the family I believe in the chance of love at first sight Your life doesn't always have to be a fight If you do it at all, you ought to do it right I believe in the power of love I believe that sometimes you gotta take a stand You're holding my heart when you're holding my hand Cause everything eventually is in God's plan I believe in the power of love I have got to take the best of me And keep that You gotta take a stand You're holding my heart when you're holding my hand Cause everything eventually is in God's plan I believe in the power of love I believe that we're never really all alone There's so much more than anything we're shown New Orleans is always gonna be my home I believe in the power of love I believe in the spirit of rock and roll In the eternal strength of the immortal soul The New Orleans Saints won the Super Bowl I believe in the power of love I believe in the power of love I believe In the power of L-O-V-E, baby There you go yeah. Thank you Wow All right That was awesome Isn't it amazing? Hey, Mitch, are we on here? Why can't I hear Can anything? you hear me there? I can't hear anything Gotta do it again. Wow, nice oh, okay. job, Frank. Nice job. That was awesome. I've, uh, I've seen Thank that. Thank you. I've hey, we're playing at Harris uh, on Saturday. The 13th. I was going to say, where, <laughs> can we, <laughs> where, where can we get the CDs? Uh, you go to cowboymouth.com. Uh, and you, we're all over iTunes, too. But uh, we're playing live at Harris, uh, the theater at Harris on Saturday the 13th. That'll, that'll be The day of the red dress run. Hey, that'll oh, be awesome. That'll be awesome. It's a um, pr- pretty good voice for a drummer, wouldn't you say? Are you going to be in a red yeah. dress? No, no, nobody wants to say that. <laughs> I've, uh, no, I loved it. Uh, all the head shaking reminded me. You know when I saw you, was at that hangar, the Rendon? The Rendon, yeah. Rendon, Rendon Inn. Inn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's going the back The Rendon Inn, I was in the front, like, four rows. <laughs> and I was like, shit, I need a plastic bag for my head, damn it. <laughs> it's Sorry. like the Gallagher of rock and roll. <laughs> oh. Awesome. oh, no. <laughs> Gallagher of rock and roll, I like that's it. Horrible. There's all this wow, sweat. It looks like a watermelon, too, you right? Because you shake your head so much, you would yeah. just fling sweat everywhere. I was oh, like, yeah. That was back in the days when you used to get up from behind the drum kit and climb up the rafters. Oh, I still do that. You're still doing that? Actually, somebody sent me a picture the other day of when we played Syracuse, right? Uh, this is like 1998. And uh, where is it? And it was on a website. Yeah. I'd, for, you know. <laughs> oh, my was, God. It's this you. Guy? Wow, look at wow. that. Wow. That's going back. Oh, that's cool. awesome. That's a few thousand people. <laughs> Man, there's a ton of people there. So that's like 20,000. That's Jeez. great. Nice. So it's like I wonder where my knees went, you know? <laughs> so, hey, God damn it. So your whole, thing on, your whole thing on stage has been, from the beginning, <laughs> has been happiness and empowering people to enjoy their lives. Yeah, just it's not get, just rock and roll. No, just getting people to kind of pull the pull that part of themselves out of themselves. Because that's what rock and roll did to me. Right. You know, that's what it did for me. And I'm not... Did you come up with that as a like a 
That was me. All me. You just did it. You just got I just up did there it. And it did was, it. It was very instinctual. I'd played in a band. Your friend. I'd played in a band like a country punk band, like that was very angry before. A really good band called Dash Rip Rock, mm-hmm. but it was all very negative, negative, negative. And then Baton after Rouge. a while, that really Louisiana, baby. <laughs> and I we was in you, college with Dash Rip Rock. <sighs> There you go. So you and Fred go way back without even knowing. Yeah, without even knowing. Not too far back. I don't know. But we, um, so, and then like when I formed Cowboy Mouth, I wanted to consciously do something different. It was kind of like, all right, what am I going to say in between songs? I don't want to be like, hey, rock and roll, let's get fucked up, everybody. Because yeah, that's just such a cliche. And they used to hand the bottle of whiskey around from Yeah, uh, and I thought, you know, it was, it was fun, you know, I enjoyed it. But, you know, I wanted to do something different. So in between songs, I just started saying, hey, Great to be here. Believe in yourself, and anything's possible. Well, how do you, I would just I would throw that out there, and the response a, was so visceral. How do you chug a bottle of whiskey and sing that song? That's what I, I, I don't know. anymore. <laughs> I take shots very occasionally. I can't I can't actually drink during shows because it kills my vocal cords. I was, I was cords wondering here. that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you have a whole. I mean, if you guys, but you know, you've seen the Cowboy Mouth show. There's thousands of people, and they're all in the palm of your hand. Jumping up, no. getting down. And Look, here's my theory. The Church of Fred. It's here's like my theory. Here's my theory. <laughs> People don't go to a Rolling Stone show to see Mick Jagger. People go to a Rolling Stone show to hopefully be Mick Jagger. Wow. <laughs> okay. You think? I went to see him. Really? What yeah, you but think? he's great. But it brings it. It brings that out of you, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, if you were just sitting there. Watching him twiddling your thumbs, oh, you know, no way. you know, the meekness kind of <laughs> takes you over, and you just find that. We were on the fourth row, yourself. and I, we held eye contact while he crossed the stage. Uh, he looked point. at you. Mm-hmm. He's he was, great. Oh my yeah. god, he's still talking about that <laughs> as well. It's on his blog, you know, like I'm the so guy. Glad you mentioned that. He can't sing to save his life. <laughs> he cannot sing to save his life, but he is probably the best showman I have ever seen in my entire life. Mm. Yeah, he I mean, can't. And the brilliant. Mm-hmm. What about, is Keith Richard a very good guitar player? He's, he's all right. He's okay. He's, he's, he's you know, a genius. A, look, you know, I mean, he obviously does well with it, and he's done a lot of creative, he's done a lot of creative things. It's like, you got, you got to appreciate a lot of those bands who weren't musical virtuosos, like the Clash or the Rolling Stones, who actually, you know, they all focused on songwriting, number one, and number two, you know, they all force themselves to go past their limits, which is really cool, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's that's what makes a really interesting musical experience. It's, not, it's, not, it's not doing what you can do. It's like trying to do what you can't do. Well, that's what, Chancho, that's what you're all about, is empowering people to do stuff that they didn't... Yeah, absolutely. They wouldn't have a way to do without you. Absolutely, yeah. Letting think, people chase their dreams. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you've got so many businesses around our community that really... All they need is, uh, it's like a Kool-Aid. They've got the, the sugar and they've got the red stuff, and then all they just need is the water to make it, to make it a full drink. And uh, that's how we like to think of ourselves, is being able to provide that water. So when we empower people to invest local, when we empower businesses to raise money locally, uh, I think you just have a good community. It's a really grassroots, uh, happy, Heidi. It's, it's a really happy way to, to, to provide money. It's not all the, the banking and the scariness of, 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 a, Wall Street, of a Wall Street transaction. Are, are you a hmm. lender? I am not. No, I am not. We, we provide the platform. So Rebirth Financial is a platform online that allows people and institutions to lend directly to the businesses in their community. So you, you're the conduit between the business and the lender? Absolutely. You can think of it as kind of like an E-Trade. So you know, E-Trade does not actually make any transaction. E-Trade allows you to make the transaction. I didn't even know that, actually. Did you guys know that? No, I no, didn't know No, did you know that, Fred? No, you're not trading much? I don't mess with that. I don't know anything about that. Either. That's what E-Trade. We learned that. We've learned two things now. Then. <laughs> so, so you're putting... It's your, like eBay. You guys use eBay? Yeah, yeah, eBay, yeah. We okay. Know okay. Okay. eBay we know. Oh, eBay we're talking. Now we're talking. <laughs> if you want to buy a new guitar pick or a Cowboy Mouth, right. uh, no, you don't want to buy Cowboy Mouth on eBay because 
That's probably secondhand, right? It's fine with me. Okay, okay, okay we'll take it. But <laughs> it's uh, like it's like all the albums I've sold. I've barely seen a dime. Hey, there you go. I know, <laughs> and I've heard that. I've heard that. Oh, so yeah. we're kind of like the eBay. We allow you know businesses to post what they need to post a loan, and we allow you to go and browse those. Uh, our members are allowed to go and browse those listings. And how are you making any money out of this? We take a spread. We take a small spread. We take about a three percent spread. Three percent. So mm-hmm. if I borrow a thousand, oh well, a thousand, I guess I can't borrow a thousand. Can I? Or can 5, I borrow? Five thousand is our lowest. Five thousand. Yeah. Less. So how much do you get out of the five thousand dollars? Will be three percent of the transaction. Well, that's so. what I'm asking. How much? Yeah. How much is it? Well, it would be you know it's, it's pretty small. So that's for great. every dollar, how much every, is it, Fred? You know that. Every dollar, fifty dollars. Mitch knows what? One hundred and fifty. Four hundred seventy-eight dollars and twenty-nine cents. Plus tax. I'm a drummer. I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> Mitch, how much did you say it was? I think it's $150. That's all you get is $150. It's, well, it's, it's 3%. So for every dollar that goes, you know, every dollar that's transacted, we're getting three cents of that dollar. And so. who's it coming out of? It's coming out. If I borrow $5,000, I'm only going to get $4,000. It's going to come out of the lender's side. So if, if the okay. lenders are, yeah, so we're not, we're, we're in business for the small business. We're not trying to screw Okay, so guys. if I'm going to lend you $5,000, I have to lend you $5,150. Well, you'll get, re, well, you're going to get repaid. You're going to get repaid minus oh. the 3%. So wow. you're actually making money, right? So if you're making 10%, you're, you're you're actually only going to be getting three percent back. I'm sorry, 7% seven percent back. So, and how long? I, mean, am I-, I, I think if you look at, if you look at two things, number one, what's going on with the the government and the debt and just the massive debt that's going on right now, and also Katrina. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. lessons that we learned. Katrina taught me personally, you know, the value of community. The value, you know, it's like you know, the government's not going to come in and save us, nor really should they right you know and you know and number two with the massive insane debt that's out there right now i mean that's really just the ultra rich saving the ultra rich they really don't give a damn about you or me or any of that and you know it, at some point you have to figure out how to survive yourself and within a community i think when you invest in the community you see direct results absolutely we're going back to the basic basic banking principles, which is, you know, if I need a dollar, you can lend it to me. We've gotten to this point in America where there's so much regulation. Technically, if you lend me one dollar, it's a security. So, you know, you would actually have to file this, you know, with the SEC and this and that. Mm -hmm. So we've gotten ourselves into such a hole, I think, that, you know, we're trying to protect people, which is great. But with that, you know, we lose some of the purity that that really came from community-based lending. And and Heidi, you know, you're, Mm -hmm. you're big into yoga. Um, my dad's from India, and this microfinance principles are huge all over India and right. Latin America. And well, the the guy who started it didn't he get the Nobel Prize? Right, he yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Muhammad Yunus. Right. So Muhammad Yunus, you know, out of Vanderbilt University, has the Nobel Prize because of it. So right. we're basically doing that, but on a U.S. small business level. So you know, so I, you're not lending a hundred or five hundred like the micro loans in India. Right. So we've had loans, you know, in the. In $5,000 range, $10,000 range, $100,000 range, and now we're starting to get some loans that are in the million-dollar range. So, But it's all going back to this principle of people are sick and tired of being treated this way by banks. People yeah. are sick and tired of how our corporate banking structure is working in this country. And but if, if I borrow a million dollars It's not working. But if I borrow a million dollars off, do I have to pay, pay it back at 7%? Well, it would depend. No, it's it's how will we work. Actually, it's, this is pretty cool, and this is what we really like and what we think is unique about us is that – we reach a happy medium, so it's kind of like a free market approach. So you as a borrower, a borrower logs on, and they say, the most I'm willing to pay is, say, 10% interest. And right now, you've got people lending at 26% interest, which is predatory in my mind. That's predatory. Mm-hmm. 26%? 26%. Mm-hmm. We refinanced a girl that was 26% interest. So, you know, and that's not even credit card. I'm talking real financial institution lending at that rate. And uh, 
you know, you would come onto our site. You'd go to rebirthfinancial.com. You'd log on. You'd post your loan request and say, at the most I want to do is, is you know, 10%. Then our members, our lenders that are, that are like our members. It's like Priceline. It's like Priceline, right. And then everybody else would bid on it. So you'd start at that 10%. But if there's an oversupply of money, if you say you need a 10000 bucks and there's actually $12,000, then everybody, all the, all the lenders, all the member lenders would be able to bid it down. So it's like a reverse eBay. It's a reverse Dutch auction. Oh, that's cool. So you say, okay, I'll give you 1000 bucks at 9.5. And Grant says, I'll do it at 8. And Heidi says, I'll do it at 7. And I sit there and I say, well, I don't want to go to 7. And so we really do let the free market set the interest rate. So the borrower is getting the lowest possible interest rate. And the lenders are still happy because they're choosing what they want to invest their money in. Did you invent this system? Well, we, we, uh, we did for the small businesses. What, what, you know, what we were talking about in, in India and uh, uh, even in the United States, we have peer lending, which is if I need money for a car or for a TV or for paying off credit cards. That exists, but we're the first ones to do it for small businesses in America. That's cool. Hmm. That really is quite impressive, isn't it? Actually, it came from New Orleans. Rebirthfinancial.com. How many guys are you? Just you, or is there a bunch of guys? No, there's there's two founders, and then we've got uh, we've got eight people working with us now. And are you one eight? of the founders? I'm one of the founders, right? There's yeah. eight people working. There. Yeah, you're yeah. all making a living out of this system. Well, you know, we're a new company. We launched in uh, late February, so we're we're getting our gears turning, and that's. Did you have to borrow money to launch? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but not not at that percentage. Not at that percentage. So you'll you'll be at Entrepreneurs Week this coming year. Right? We were at Entrepreneur Week last week, and we're actually going to Finnovate, which is. Uh, a great recognition. We just got this uh, this past week, um, and Senator Landry has, has commented on it. And the U.S. Federal Reserve called us an idea to change the U.S. finance system. Oh my and we're, God. Uh, we're at this wow. we're at this conference in New York in September. It's called Finnovate, and it's the premier conference for banking and financial uh, technology innovation. So we'll be presenting alongside Mastercard and Google and uh, wow, uh, experience. Well, congratulations. So it's, it's exciting. Thank hey, we you. Still haven't gone you want to bring the... along a happiness coach? Yeah, I, just I would love to bring along a happiness coach. I'd love to bring Fred along, too, for some music. Because <laughs> we can attract some well, of the hey, other listen, big lenders. For 10%, to come to I can hook these guys all up. I think that's great. happiness coaching. <laughs> See, Grant, my first lesson was that you've got to have the document signed before you oh, sign it. I should have <laughs> had the contracts on the table. Mitch Foreman, <laughs> it's time for some jazz. I'm ready. Are you ready? What are you thinking of playing today? You know what I'm thinking of playing? I'm thinking of just being inspired and playing the happy blues. <laughs> okay. Right. Sounds good. That's Why a not? good uh, oxymoron. <laughs> there we go. So here it goes.
Thank you. Yes. Wow. Very nice. Wow. Mitchie. Awesome. Those are the happiest blues I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> You're not usually a blues player, Mitch. I've never heard you play the blues before. Uh-oh. <laughs> you got really Te- happy. Technical disaster. I'm back. I pulled that the cord. Nice. I was so happy hey, I kicked the cord so out. And I didn't hear you guys for a minute. Mitch, you back. Okay. Okay, well, happy we're back. But you don't normally play the blues, the happy thing. That's the first time I've ever heard you play a straight blues. Yes. You're just inspired. Yeah, okay. you got happy. That was great. Talking of, look, I want to talk about happiness for a minute because we haven't really been talking about it for about three minutes now. Um, <laughs> I was interested in something you said, Heidi, on your show, Happy Hour. Uh-huh. You said that, in, is it the Constitution that talks about the pursuit of yes, happiness? Yes, yes. And you described it and said that back then when the Constitution was written, that the word pursuit meant something quite different. Why don't you talk about that for a second? I was interested in that. Well, the, you know, the lexicon has changed. The language, the American English, has changed between then and now. And, I mean, we don't say ye and thee and thou and those things anymore. But a lot of, and, a, and a lot of the definitions of words and the usage of words has changed since then. And the word pursuit, as in pursuit of happiness, would be the equivalent to what we know as the practice of happiness now. Hmm. What they meant then was not chasing after happiness. It's what we would mean now if we'd say practice happiness. So you can reread the, the preamble to the Constitution and have it say uh, we, we, life, liberty, and the practice of happiness. So you begin to practice happiness, you're being a very patriotic American. <laughs> so so that's, what, that's what the Constitution really meant. The preamble. Yes. It doesn't mean that we should be. We Chasing have the right it. to chase it. We right. have the right to be to it. Practice. To, to practice. To be yeah. happy. Yeah. To be happy. Did yeah. you guys ever hear that before? I got chills. That's great. No. Yeah. No, I never did. No. I've never heard anything. That's I mean, I can't believe cool. that we've. Yeah, isn't it amazing? I mean, yeah. if you look at it on a very broad term, there, you know, you see where the words went. You know, that mm. makes a lot of sense. You know, it's not talking about a McJob in the Constitution, though, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> that's a new word for us. Yes. How, do you, how did you come up? How did you figure that out? I talked to a, a language historian. A, what, are the, what are the histologist? Uh, linguist. No, I think it, was, it was not a linguist. To do with uh, women's uh, problems. Um, it's not a linguist. It's something more. It's, they, they study the anthropology of language and the usage hmm. of language. I don't know why you're looking oh, at Mitch, cool. but. Well, he answered. Yeah, the oh, he knows something about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, and they said that the word isn't the same. That we use now, right. practice and and pursuit. You know, now they used pursuit back then when they meant what we would mean now is practice. They didn't put the wrong word in there. Right. It meant the it's same thing for them now. So how did you come to this devotion in your life to devote yourself to being happiness and to teaching laughing? And I see did you have results. an experience? Though? Did something happen to you? Were you so bitterly unhappy that you figured oh, out how God. to be happy, <laughs> or were you born like this? Well, I think um, I've always, my, my older sister said that I grew up with a, a lucky shamrock on my shoulder. Mm. So she said, she she said everywhere you go, no, no, we're not Irish at all. Um, German, Dutch, Hungarian. Well, that would be a lucky shamrock. There's, there's no shamrocks in there. <laughs> uh, but she just, I would just decide to go somewhere and I would take off without any money in my pocket and I would just go live somewhere different. And then Where I would did you do go? it again. Where'd you go? Uh, I lived on people's couches. I lived in. I went to Atlanta. I lived in Philadelphia. I lived on Martha's Vineyard. I went to Maine. I taught horseback wow. riding in Maine. 
Uh, did you know to, how to horseback ride, or did you just say, no, I, no, can, no, I can do I that? I knew. <laughs> how did you learn that from growing up here in New Orleans? In, well, in uh, St. So, Francisville at the Girl Scout camp. Okay. Well, before you that, were a Girl on the Scout. levee. That I was you, a Girl Scout, 20, up, 22 years. Did you grow up years. here or in St. Francisville? I grew up in Baton Rouge and New yeah. Orleans. Oh, Early okay. New Orleans and high school, my parents got me out of New Orleans. Oh, really? Because it was too bad for you? I was about to go to Edna Carr. And there were there were bad rumors, and my parents got nervous. And the next after that was the brand new O. Perry Walker, and my mother might just let's go to Baton Rouge. We need to go to Baton Rouge anyway. But I thought so. you were a Girl Scout. I was. Well, that's a that's a good girl. I isn't started it? in Girl Scouts when I was fourteen, and I didn't, I wasn't not registered until I was twenty three. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Chancho, you didn't you win the Boy Scouts National Medal of Heroism? Yeah, yeah, I'm an Eagle Scout, so I appreciate that. It, wow. You, know, you got that's... you got two happy good people. Yeah, <laughs> the same what, people. what is the Boy Scouts National uh, Medal of Heroism? It, I, yeah, when I was in uh, when I was I don't remember when it was, but uh, I, I I saved the life of a of an elderly gentleman at a Christmas tree farm and. Um, what a sentence. It was, it was, it was great, yeah. It was. I saved the life of an elderly gentleman at a Christmas tree <laughs> What were you doing at a Christmas tree That's something I never getting thought getting I'd ever hear tree. in my life. Was <laughs> it, was, was, <laughs> did he have a heart attack? Yeah, he had a heart attack. And the, oh, the what problem, a place to have a heart attack. The problem was that, the reason I got it, too, is because uh, there was a lot of adults sitting around and, and doing nothing, including a nurse. and uh, Including uh, a nurse? Including a nurse. And I people hope, were just watching. I hope him, he or she was The know. nurse was just watching? They were what just kind watching of a nurse him, is that, I wonder? And here comes this little kid. And How old were you? Oh, man, I I must... I wasn't driving at the time, so you know it was. You were like fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. Where were you? Yeah. Uh, back in California, I was. Uh, my dad was. My dad was driving. Oh, that's and, why they were standing. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. So what happened? Yeah. So some guy just falls over. In well, front no, of I, I. We pulled up and we were parking, and uh, I saw a gentleman on the ground, and there was a group of uh, people, you know, around him, and, and no one was down, and I, uh, I jumped out of the car and. And ran over and uh, and and started CPR with with the gentleman. So, oh my god, he ended cool. up he ended up living, which is which is you know makes wow. me feel real good. That's, That's a great, great. story. Nice job. Did, Maybe did you still are you still in touch with him? No, 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 no. I I, I was never in touch with the gentleman afterwards. Yeah. I, he, he yeah. died. He, he died the next day. So. <laughs> <laughs> did he hit by a car? Did he, kidding, did he leave with a Christmas tree? Do you think? Huh? Did he leave with a Christmas tree? In, I know in, I in did. The I, I, <laughs> I left with a Christmas tree, but we still had to pay for it. So you know, it's a trade. Oh, he, he had a death oh. grip on that tree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they should have put the tree on the ambulance. That would have been pretty cool. So he how, tied it to the top. Yeah. So what, how did you get the, the the medal? Did someone give it to you like in a special ceremony? Or the, yeah, yeah. We had a there was a there was a special ceremony that the the district uh, uh, had for me. And um, you know we got we got great letters from from some of the past presidents and the, the local politicians and stuff. So it was really special. Wow. It was really nice. I was the, I think Impressive. the second person ever to, to get it in my district, and I was the first boy to get it because there was a, a, a you know an older person that had got it. He was you know a scout leader or something, but um, I was the the first child Where, to get it. Where's the medal now? Back home. My mom thinks I'll lose it if I bring it here. <laughs> <laughs> She's probably right. Pawn she is probably right, yeah. Pawn it off for drinks at the columns. That wow. would probably happen. That would probably happen. So did the president give it to you? No, 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 no. We just, we, we got some letters from them, but no, it wasn't. Cool. Uh, oh, great. That's very cool. That's a very impressive story. Yeah, it and, is. And so let's talk about for one second then, because I wanted to get to it like about an hour ago. What's the relationship between happiness and business? Heidi, you mentioned that, that being happy attracts good things to you if you're just happy, if you... And mm-hmm. Does that mean that if you just appreciate your life and you're happy in yourself for what you've got and who you are, that good things will come to you, including a good loan? Especially if you relax 
and yeah. just and just let the goodness flow to you because if you become a, a conduit for goodness it will it mm. will flow through you look mother teresa was never poor a day in her life mm-hmm. and she never asked for money she didn't need money she had well she didn't have much of a wardrobe well, she, she did, did she, she care? A wardrobe. No, did she, she just care? had the she same thing. She wasn't yearning for anything else. Mm-hmm. She she didn't yearn at all. She had everything she wanted in her but life. But that's like saying you could you know you could be Mick Jagger or Fred LeBlanc or something. You know you couldn't. Yeah, but the thing you about can't. it is, is no, but, but well, you know the thing about it is is you know why would I want to be Mick Jagger? Well, let me right. let me let me. Everybody has everybody carries their own battle. You I know? think I think Heidi, you're absolutely right. I, my dad is from Calcutta, and I spent you know one summer volunteering with Mother Teresa's orphanage. And Mother Teresa had passed by that time. I'm not Catholic, but mm-hmm. I would tell you these women, all of them, every single one of them are saints. It doesn't matter. You know, Grant, you're asking, you know, you can't strive to be Mother Teresa or Mick Jagger. I don't think that matters. I think that each one of these women was so special of themselves, you know, that they were completely happy. And the boys that I was working with, you know, these boys were all, they all had severe physical or mental retardation and I'll tell you those boys were <laughs> ten times happier than you and I would ever be in our lives well they're because they're mentally retarded no 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 no. <laughs> you don't know you're not worried about the stock market going down 600 points eh? no I think I, I, you know, some of them is happiness. some of them that weren't retarded some of them were not retarded and, and they were happy they've got 20 brothers and sisters that they're playing with you know they've got smiling faces every day right. and they've got these sisters that have devoted so much to them I don't think it has anything to do with materialism like right. we were talking about earlier but you're absolutely right, and you know, I, you're, you're right. I think a lot of people in this culture assume that happiness is something that you eventually get, and it's not something that you get. It's something that you have to find in yourself. You choose, you know? Things yeah. can't make you happy. No right. one can make you happy. You have to choose that way for yourself. And you know, there's a lot of days when it's a chore, but you know, you know, the, uh, there really isn't an option, especially as you get older. It's just you know, to, to not feel relatively happy about things just creates a lot, even more problems, even more discord. It's like she says, you know, when you kind of breathe that happiness, good things come to you, you know, because yeah. I've, I've been in several situations in my life where I was just so miserable, and all it does is just create more misery. Right. And, you know, it gets to a point where you have to say, okay, stop. You know, I have to change this or else I'm going to die. Is that how you got yourself out of it, by happens. just telling yourself to stop uh, you know, it's been a few times in my life where I, I've got to really bad points, and you just, you know, it's it's a matter of uh, survival. Can you write your way out of it? Can you write a song that I've been lucky. Turns it I've been lucky, you know, but you know, songs, you know, like my songs, I've never really. I'm not somebody who can write for hire. I'm not somebody who can. No, sing. but I mean the the feeling. Can you write the feeling out? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely have repeatedly. You know, but that's. That's the way I do it, you know? That's the way playing a show, beating drums. Right. That's how I yeah. do it. It kind of gives... I have a, I'm very fortunate to have a good outlet. But anybody can do it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just a matter... But it takes the will to be to you find to that want. in yourself. Yeah. You have to want to be happy to Anybody be happy, can you know? be miserable. It's the easiest thing <laughs> in the fucking world. All right. I've been there. But once you cross over into spending a little bit more time and, and making it a habit to get yeah. happy mm-hmm. then you realize how, what hard work it is to be yeah. miserable it's really it's, hard it takes to a be lot miserable. of effort and a yeah. lot of energy because you have to keep piling it on and working yeah. those muscles those misery <laughs> muscles right. you know and well, it, you but we're so practiced in it in this society we're so practiced Once in reaching again, for the negative I, because I think that you know 
with media and the way that things are, you know, we're presented with so many things that we right. have to have in order to find satisfaction with ourselves. You know, you're too, you're too fat, you're too skinny, you're right. too short, you're too tall, you're too this, you're too that. You who don't have enough hair, you have too much hair. Blah, 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 right. You know, crap. Sounds so, like what I tell my girlfriend every day. Exactly. You know, what we need to do is is work out our happiness muscles. Yeah. Exactly. And you just start. You know, a, a belief is just a thought you keep thinking. So if you keep thinking okay. a new thought and you yeah. get it past the 68 second mark. Yeah. And then do another 68 seconds. 68 seconds 68, is the key 16 for holding on to a seconds, thought. and then 16 seconds after that, and 16 seconds. You'd be surprised how how your your leanings start to change when you start you can saying, change your own mind. I feel really wow. good. I feel really good all the time. And so you just if start I say saying that for 68 that seconds, it's yes. going to work. It, you'll start okay. feeling it. And the cool thing is you can actually feel a physical manifestation yeah. of that. You know, it's really, you know, 68 seconds. Fred, I'm going to make you play another song because we have to keep moving. Okay. Well, what about getting, it? Well, he's getting that up. I, yeah. I want to I go back to what I was asking Heidi before. How can, you know, how can people that are in business or small business owners utilize this and project this message of happiness to their customers? Well, they get that. If they start practicing it, 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 it spreads to their customers like, like uh, water. If you put a piece of paper into it, it, it starts soaking up the water. It's the same thing. If you go around practicing happiness, the people you work with, you're going to be smiling. Your eyes are going to communicate warmth and appreciation and value and acceptance and welcome. It's going to change the but way you do business. But ha- doesn't it have to be sincere? You it will be sincere. You're not faking it in the beginning? No, 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 well, no, you no. Can't, you, know, you can't think about it no. so much, you know? Okay. You just be okay. happy. Choncho's got to get out of here, so we're going to make Fred play a song, and then we're going to let, let Choncho go. <laughs> He's like a businessman. He's got things to do, not like the rest of us <laughs> sitting around. people to see. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a song about happiness. Uh, I wrote this uh, the week of Katrina. I, I noticed a lot of people were very miserable and negative about New Orleans on the media and it was really pissing me off and I thought well why don't you concentrate on the positive instead of saying this terrible thing happened why don't you write a song about where it's going to go so the water broke past the levee my heart beats hard and heavy there's so much more to say but I'm silent for now Lost deep in the emotions that hit me Just like an ocean that seems so refreshing once But it's not for now Because the marching bands will roll I'll find my city in my soul Because I plan on growing old on the avenue Best friends, house lies beneath the teardrops God has bequeathed to add to the pool of rage that'll flow for now. I never thought I would see in my lifetime my memory, but fate has a way to show who's the boss for now. Because the marching bands will roll I'll find my city in my soul Because I plan on growing old on the avenue And the parades will ride again 
I'll see my family and my friends Because this cannot be the end of the avenue Of the avenue On the avenue Thank you, thank you Very nice, Fred LeBlanc of course, we we are on the avenue. We are. We're we sitting are. here on the Charles avenue. Alley. This is the avenue you were talking about, right? Yeah, exactly. That's great. Thank you. Thank and you. did you feel better after you wrote that song? And I felt, I felt really. You know, you know what the best part was. Uh, Re, uh, Steve Rehaj decided to have uh, Voodoo Fest that year. Yeah. And it was the city was still pretty empty at the time, um, so but he's decided to have it and he made it free. So and lo and behold, you know, this, even though the city probably only had like about. 30,000 people total in the whole area. There was about 10,000 people that showed up. Wow. And that was the first time we ever played that song. Ever. And literally, you saw 10,000 people just Crying. sobbing. Yeah. Sobbing. <laughs> and I always said that, you know, if, you know if, if my entire career existed just to reach that moment, then it was all worth it. You know, and I talked to Rehaj, you know, about a year or two ago about it, and he's like, you know, we're sitting there remembering that. And it's like, you know, it's really a good thing you did to have that festival. And he said, well, it's a really good thing you guys did to play that song. And I said, well, hmm. he goes, yeah, yeah, we done good. So <laughs> it was good. It you was know, good. So that's, that's one of those moments. That's, that's a real, that's me being used as a conduit, obviously. But, you know, that was, a, that was, that was good. That was good. Do you feel that the songs come through like that other times? Oh, yeah. I got nothing to do with them. Really? <laughs> you just sit down and it, something happens. The best ones, yeah, they they write themselves, man. I'm just that's why most of your that's why most of your artists are nuts because they they know <laughs> they know they don't really do anything, right? They're just sitting around waiting to, <laughs> waiting to be used channel. as a channel, you know. Yeah. And people say, "Oh, how do you write that song?" You know, any any songwriter worth his salt will say, "I have no idea, <laughs> right. I have no idea." You know, you just sit there kind of waiting for it, and and you know that's why most creative types, you know, are fucking crazy <laughs> you know I don't know what the combination what the connection is between fucking crazy and and sitting there waiting for it to happen you mean because because they have no control they have no control they have no control it's, it's, it's like um, it's like it's like you have a woman who's like uh, in the common sense strikingly beautiful you know and you you see a lot of times there's like a, a sort of or, or a guy who's handsome. You see a kind of moodiness which is, you know, which is sometimes manifests itself simply because deep down that's not something they can control. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's like I can't control how I write songs. You know? I'm just fortunate me. that they Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. Yeah, that kind of thing. You know, it's just, it's, you know, you have to come to a certain peace with it and you have to realize, okay, well, this is going to take me on the journey it's going to take me on. And so you just have to be prepared and either ride with it or you can say, hey, I don't want to do that. So, and that's the journey that you're trying to get people on, isn't it, Heidi? That you're trying to pe- have your work with people is trying to get them to find what makes them happy and do it. Or just get happy and then find things that make you happy. It's the other way around. Just be happy. Mm-hmm. Just make a choice and decide no is matter you, what. If you use that as your bedrock, then good yeah. things come to you. It, yeah. is it, it just sounds so almost like impossible just to tell yourself you're going to be happy. In well, the there's, a, of there's a great exercise that kind of... Emphasizes or or illustrates how it works. It's a a laffitation. Uh, Craig Shoemaker is a national comedian, and he's a friend of mine. He came on my show, 
And he said, Heidi, I want to teach you and your listeners this, this trick that I use, this thing I call the Craig Shoemaker Laffitation. And he started laughing, and he said that it, while he was laughing, he, he told us this horrible truth in his life, that his mother had been diagnosed with cancer. And he was laughing while he said it. And it was shocking to us at first. And then he said, now you try it. And speak, you know, even while you're laughing, just so nobody else can understand what you're saying, you say this thing that freaks you out, that frightens you, that horrifies you, that stresses you out, that concerns you, that worries you, whatever it is that's attached with a not-so-good feeling. Just speak that thing out loud while you're laughing. This is a, this is a stand-up comedian saying this, not, a, a, not a therapist. Not a therapist. That's what and, worries but me. He's, no, <laughs> right it's, an, it's an amazing practice. Because what happens is you're laughing, and this thing that's so huge in your mind when you start shrinks down yep. to, to doable size, a manageable size. And all of a sudden you realize you still have the power to laugh, because here you are laughing. And once you grab that, it's like you're the master of anything that comes into your life, no, no matter if it's the big C or whatever happens, it's it's manageable. You'll get through it. You can get through it all by laughing. Fred, you kind of agree with the whole thing there, I think. You know, there's a comedian who who passed away in the early nineties by the name of Bill Hicks. And he had a uh, he had a really great routine that he said was basically uh, you gotta you gotta I gotta, I gotta get out of here. John Shaw, I okay, we'll let you go. We'll, it's been we'll it's been a up. pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you very much. much. Great. We're gonna put a link to your Rebirth stuff on our site as well. Rebirthfinancial.com. Yeah. We have a, we have a link to it on our site on okay. this new one. So it's uh, great to have a you. private concert from Fred here and uh, <laughs> get a dose of happiness from Heidi. So I appreciate you <laughs> good, inviting me. Good luck at your next meeting. Who are you gonna See meet, you, I got gotta go meet a lot of bankers, so it's not gonna be the happiest meeting, but uh, you know, we'll make it happy. Kick him in the gonads and tell him to stop (laughs) fucking with our financial system. I like that. I like that. How should he go in, Heidi? Just happy. Yeah. Just just go in happy. Just breathe like uh, the whole way out there. Do deep, slow breathing that gets you really mellow and smile the whole time. You bring the energy in the room. There we go. I like that. And don't forget you're taking Heidi to some conference. Yeah, let's go. Let's go to New York. Let's go to New York. I'm ready. Let's go. All right. I think this is going to happen. We need to exchange information. We'll do it. We'll do it. I have gigs. (laughs) Thank you, guys. I'll I'll be the attraction at your booth. Hey, we need that. We'll do happiness consultations for free to draw people. (laughs) Okay. We're going to wrap up here in one second anyway. Uh, Can I finish that uh, thing I was saying? Yeah, I'm going to let Fred finish, and then we're going to... Oh, there we go. Cool. Yes. Can I finish? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comedian Bill Hicks said... He said, you know, he said, you know, there are people who, uh, you know, it's important to remember, and there's a lot of truth in this, it's important to remember that, you know, this life that we're living, basically, it's all just a ride, you know, and there's all sorts of scary moments and happy moments and sad moments and all that stuff, and, you know, you do all these things, and you go here, and you go there, and you have all this, all these experiences, but you got to remember, it's just a ride, you know, and that's the thing that you that you maybe it's getting older, but looking at things with that sort of distance, it, it's all part of the ride. And that way, if you look at it that way, it's easier to kind of enjoy even the the toughest moments. You know, which the only thing that makes me think about that though is that a rides come to an end, of course. Well, everything and, comes to an end. And secondly, it's sort of a, sort of almost an abdication of responsibility. It's like no, no, I'm it's just not. I'm no. just on the journey. You don't no. think so? No, God no. Uh-uh. But. Well, you think too much, Grant. <laughs> oh, really? But isn't that what a, isn't that what I a ride? Saying, uh, Mitch, yeah, I can hop off the ride anytime. Uh, you I want. just heard a saying the other day saying everyone experiences happiness and joy, and suffering is optional. 
Yes, I mean, absolutely. Ha- and, uh, pain and joy. Life is not. Hey, suffering. say that again. So everybody experiences happy. And everyone joy. experiences pain. No, no. I, everyone. Exp- I said it wrong. Everyone experiences, uh, you know, um, pain and joy, and your suffering is optional. Yes. Oh, I suppose that I see. happiness is optional. Okay. Oh. Horrible things happen. They're always going to happen, and yeah, you know, but you, badly. You, it's just choose. Yeah. What you, you do with it. Exactly. Right, exactly. Exactly. I wrote a song about that years ago called What You Gonna Do? You know, about a bunch of bad well things that happened trying. to me in my life. Okay, okay. what are you going to do? What, what do you do about What's it? What's next? Like, you know, sometimes it feels good to cry your, eye, cry your eyes out and just kind of get that emotion. I take that, what I call, take an emotional shit, mm-hmm. you know, just to kind of get it out of your system, you know. But it's, it's not all puppies and rainbows and happiness, you know. It's, 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 what, or is it? Puppies and rainbows? No, I wouldn't. No, no, I wouldn't no. plasticize it like that. Exactly. I don't think that's what you're trying to do. No. But, but I think it, once you allow that energy into your life, it can be kind of transformative. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 gigantic. It's you know, it's it's life changing. Yeah. You can be an entirely different person within a couple of days if you decide to take this on and become happy, first of all. First and foremost, to feel good. Mm-hmm. If I want to change my life in a couple of days and be happy, where do I go? If I'm sitting, Inside. I'm listening to this within. show. Within. Go within. So what do I do? Sit I mean, I, I want to say I'm listening to this show and I'm somewhere in the world mm-hmm. and, and I'm inspired by what you're saying. What, where do I turn? Is there a website? Is there <laughs> First thing a place I would do is just don't even worry about getting on the Internet. Find a piece of music that moves you. Close your eyes and sit down and just play it over and over. I would say classical, something without words, something without necessarily uh, a melody that your mind can attach to. Um, one can I say one person for myself is a is a he composes music in Utah, in the canyons of Utah, and he uses a lot of the sounds. And his name is Rusty Crutcher, and he uses a lot of ambient sound from uh, Chaco Canyon and makes music with it. And it doesn't have. It's beautiful, but it has coyote sounds and mm-hmm. bird sounds, and you can hear Indian drums sometimes, uh, and occasionally a flute. But there's no melody, and your me- your mind gets caught up in a melody, and you tend to go off and follow the melody. Mm-hmm. But if you really want to meditate and go deep within, you want just music that's gonna help you do that. Yeah, it's just gonna take. Start you Start with Rusty Crutcher. Rusty yes. Crutcher. Crutcher. Rusty Crutcher is the man. And that brings us to the end of the happiest hour ever. (laughs) (laughs) Here here on Happy Hour, thanks so much for joining us. My guests have been Heidi Haynes, host of a show called Happy Hour, a certified laughter teacher, public speaker, writer, and happiness advocate, Chanchal Gupta, who's the CEO of Rebirth Financial and also host of a show called Happy Hour, and Fred LeBlanc, the happiest man in New Orleans, the front man for (laughs) Cowboy Mal. Thanks so I much guess I've been called us. worse. <laughs> our producers are Melinda Hawes, Trish Kaufman, and Nicole Howard. Our executive producer is Tanya Castellanos, and Mitch Cry is our technical director. The Christian Unruh is our music director, web designer, and our link to the real world is Cliff Brigden. The theme song to a Happy Hour was written by and is being played by in a very strange way by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show, <laughs> if you'd like to be on our show, Happy Hour. And you can stay upright in a chair for about an hour and speak English. Drop us a line at itsneworleans at gmail.com. Our show is recorded live at the Collins Hotel at 3811 St. Charles Avenue. The Collins is a great place to come and have a cocktail if you're already in New Orleans. And a great place to stay if you're coming to visit us here. Check out our other happy hour shows on our website, itsneworleans.com. 
And check out our other shows, including Psych Ward and Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti and Kathy Finn, which is coming to you live from Commander's Palace. Keep up with us by liking us on our Facebook page. And until next time, we meet again on Happy Hour. For Mitch Foreman, I'm Grant Morris. <laughs>